Fabulous. Right. Here we go. I want you to shout 14. 14. Louder. 14. One more time. 14. And the reason why I ask you to shout it is because on Wednesday night of this week, when I knew I was coming to minister, and uh, I knew it was the 14-year uh, anniversary, and uh, I didn't think much of it until Wednesday night, just before going to bed. Sometimes the Holy Ghost does this to mess up my sleep. And he just, he, he just kept saying, 14. And I said, yeah, no, no, 14. And he kept saying it, 14, 14. So I, I couldn't get it, and I, I, you know, I, I do have a problem with OCD. I'm a bit OCD-ish, so I thought it must be my OCD kicking in here. But he kept on, 14. I said, all right, all right, 14. He kept 14. So then I thought, 14, okay, well, that's all he gave me. So I just, I thought I'd look up the number 14 in the Bible. What's significant about the number 14, because numbers in the Bible carry significance, like uh, two is the sign of witness, five is normally the number of grace, 12 is no normally the number of authority, 40 normally the number of, so all these numbers mean something, so I just got up uh, late at night, went into my study, and I said, okay, 14. And that's when God blew my mind with this word that he's given me for you. Today I don't stand, this is not like a, this is not like a sermon, okay? This is a letter from Jesus for you in Berlin Hillsong. And I'm telling you something, when God showed me this, when I looked at the number 14, the number 14 in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for 14 is the word Sheba. And it actually means promise, oath, or covenant. So then I looked at that and I thought, and the Lord just said, keep going. So I said, Lord, what? Then I realized that 14 is two multiples of seven. Seven, and we know we like seven, Mark. <laughs> and I didn't know that till I did, Mark, I didn't know that until somebody told me this. Two multiples of seven. Seven means perfection and completion. So two multiples of seven. Fourteen means promise, oath, covenant. So 14, I said, Lord, what are you trying to say? Here it is. This is what the number 14 means. It's simply a declaration that reinforces his promise to complete in perfect time what he has promised to you and purposed for you. Amen. Do you know what? I can just go home now. Now watch this. I'm going to say that again. You may need to write this down and take it in your small groups and pray over it. This is the word of the Lord for you. 14. 14 for you. 14 years is not just 
Oh, nice celebration. It's very significant in the history of this house. I feel that I have the authority to say it because of my relationship with Mark and Joyce and my relationship with this house. I don't feel like I'm a visiting speaker when I come here. That's why I open my heart to God and say, what do you want to say to the church? I'm 74 years of age. I haven't got much time to mess about here. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So, 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 so I'm very selective of where I go to minister. And I know this, I, I, I say to Mark and Joyce, every, time I, every year I come here, it's the highlight of the year for me. Because I know God, not just because it's great to be here, but because I know God's going to speak for me. That he's got something tailor-made. That I'm not just going to come and teach, and I like doing that. But I'll say it again, 14 is a declaration that reinforces his promise to complete, watch, in perfect time. I'll explain that in a minute. What he has promised and purposed. Now, I couldn't understand why God was leading me down this path. And I, I was in the study and I said, Lord, okay, elaborate on this. And that's when the windows of heaven opened up for me. When he showed me these verses. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And verse 22. Are you still with me here? Ooh. My God, I, I, the, the expectancy is tangible. The expectancy in this place is tangible, Mark. Do you sense his presence here? Watch this. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus who is called the Messiah, all those listed above. And if you check out before this, there's a whole genealogy. Jesus' genealogy comes before this, okay? Leading up to this. Leading up to the fruition of the plan. Watch. Who is called the Messiah. All those listed above included... Shout it out. 14. Shout it out. 14. 14 generations from Abraham to David. 14 generations from David to the Babylonians in exile. And 14 generations from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Come on, somebody say, man, I've never seen this before. And I'm in my study and he says, keep, re keep open to this. And then in verse 22, it says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Now, I just wrote this down this morning. I wrote this down this morning. 14 generations, 14. And I thought to myself, God had a plan concerning the Messiah coming to earth. God had a plan and he had a time for that plan to be released. Watch. 
and nothing could stop it. No devil could stop it. No circumstance could stop it. No political party could stop it. No denomination could stop it. When God has a plan for a local church, there is a season and there is a time and nothing. Stay with me now. Stay. I, I, this, I don't know how this is going to come out. Okay, it's like giving birth, okay? It really is. Watch this. 14, three sets of 14 generations. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, just take Abraham to David. How many times could it have gone wrong? Give me a break. Look at it. I just wrote this down this morning. First of all, the age of Abraham and Sarah. Well, let's finish there. Oh, the plan, the plan stops there, right there. Abraham, you know, God says, I'm going to give you a son. He looks at Sarah. Sarah looks at him and says, nah. Viagra's not come out yet. There's no way. So he could have stopped right there. But what about this? What about the injustice towards Joseph? God's plan to get Israel into Egypt. What about that injustice? It seems like it was all going in reverse. What about, what about 400 years of slavery? This is all in the first 14 generations. Are you with me here? I'm writing this down, having a cup of coffee this morning. What about the failure of Moses? Oh, surely now the plan's going to work. No, he messed it up. What about 40 years in the desert? around eating manna, where are you going? No direction. What about the idolatry of Israel between Abraham and David? And let's not talk about David, shall we? <laughs> he was a boy, wasn't he? What about the sin of David? All this stuff in just one season of 14 years that could have thwarted the plan of God. But I'm telling you something, when God says 14, it will come to pass in his time as he has promised and nothing can stop it. Woo! Oh yeah. Hillsong Berlin, Mark Joyce. How many times during this 14 years that it looked like God's plan and promise for you will never be complete? How many times, you mentioned it this morning, the pain, the disappointment, the loss, the, 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 the misunderstandings, the betrayals, the, all this stuff but you are still here come on somebody say amen and I've come to declare to you from heaven many times it looks like the plan for this house could have been thwarted but it's 14 years 
And I declare to you, in Jesus' name, it is your fullness of time. Your time has come. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> I'm preaching myself. Where am I? Where am I? There I am. 14 is a demonstration and a declaration. Watch. That something has been perfected. As promised, watch, in its perfect time. That means something new is about to be birthed. Come on, 14. 14, the completion of one season. There were three sets of 14. Once Abraham to David finished, it was David to the Babylonians. So it's 14. Hillsong Berlin, the end of one perfected season and the beginning of something new. Come on, I need some praise in this house. I need some. I'm just, I don't know. I got loads of stuff here. I don't know how far the Holy Ghost is going to allow me to go. But I think it's, again, it's like feeding time in Berlin Zoo here. It's like, my God, I tell you. When, watch now. When Jesus was born, the Bible puts it like this. When the fullness of time had come. For one season to be completed and a new season to be ushered in. When Jesus came, here's the deal. When the fullness of time, when 14 came, the Jewish nation couldn't accept and embrace the change. The Bible says he came to his own and they did not receive him. They rejected the change. They persecuted the change. They tried to kill the change. Mm. But change came. The old covenant, watch, the old covenant was abolished. 1,500 years finished. And the new covenant was put in place. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And the Lord's message to Hillsong Berlin is this. You have experienced your 14. Your fullness of time. Get ready to embrace the new. Come on, man. Somebody say amen. Galatians 4 verse 4, remember? Watch this. Galatians 4 verse 4. Remember the generations when Jesus was born after three sets of 14. Galatians 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come. In other words, 14 means the fullness of time. When God has perfected and fulfilled what he has promised. 
And whether you feel like it or not, whether it looks like it or not, I've come here to tell you from Jesus, you're at your 14, you're at your fullness of time. And it may not look like it sometimes, and it may not feel like it, but I'm telling you in Jesus' name, what God has promised you from day one, he has now perfected it. And your fullness of time has come. God has perfected everything he needed to do. And now you're about to step into a brand new season. Come on, somebody say amen in this house right here. I believe the 14th year history of this church is your fullness of time. I'll say it again. Something has been perfected as promised in its perfect time. And something new is about to be birthed. There is no question. <laughs> there is no question that God will fulfill his purpose for this house. I'm going to say that again. I, I, I'm going to say that again. I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like. There is no question. When God brought Mark and Joyce to this house, listen to me, there is no question that God will fulfill his purpose for this house, Hillsong, Berlin, whatever that purpose is. And I know this, I know this, I know this. This church is about to not, woo! You're about to give birth to something that will astound the nation. I want some believers in this house to say amen. So there's no question whether God will fulfill his purpose in this house. The question is, do you want to be part of it? He's going to do it with you or without you. And if I were you and you're a part of this house, I roll up your sleeves, roll up your trouser leg and get stuck into what God is doing here. Come on, somebody, say amen. People come and go, but God has never left. <laughs> come on, somebody. If you do, if you are one of those people that say, some of your friends have left. Some of your friends may be even dissing this house and dissing your pastors. And it's tough because they're your friends and it sounds very credible what they're saying. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to you're gonna have to make a stand and say, you know, I love you, but you know what? It's our 14. I said it's our 14. It's God is perfecting. In the, it's our fullness of time, and I'm going to run with all my heart into the next 14, into the next season of this house. Am I talking to the right people here? So, if there's one lesson that uh, 
the Easter story can teach us, and I'll just, I'm not going to say long here because I've just come to prophesy and we're going to see how this applies. We'll, hallelujah. I love it, man. Watch. If there's one lesson the Easter story can tell us, it's how to negotiate transition. Here's the problem, you see. When God perfects in fullness of time, many people don't know how to transition to the next. See, God is the God of transition. And there are people here that, that are needed for the next season. That's why you're under attack right now. That, that's, why you're, you're, that's why all hell is against you right now. To give up and turn back. Come on now. God has sent this little hobbit from the Shire with a letter from Jesus. Say, no, stay with the program. Step into the next season. And in one weekend, Jesus changed the course of history. In three days, he demolished religion and gave access to God to anyone who believes. And during the course of our lives, beloved, I tell you, you will have to navigate your way sometimes through radical transition of some sort. And some of you may be there right now wondering why what's going on. Some of you are navigating transition in a relational sense. Some of you are navigating transition spiritually or vocationally or even geographically. And, and, this, and in the transition, you go from being secure to being vulnerable, uh, from, from, from the known to the unknown, from the familiarity to the uncertainty. But that's the way it is. And there were three statements that Jesus made over the course of his death, resurrection, and ascension that helped me. My whole life has been a flipping transition. I said, Lord, when can I have a rest? <laughs> when you get to heaven, you can have a rest in heaven. Three statements he made that, that will help you, those of you struggling, as you're going to step into the next season. And these are the three, three statements. On the cross, he said, it's finished. In the upper room with the disciples, he said, this is a new covenant. And to Mary in the garden, he said, don't cling to me. And these are the three statements, and I'll finish with this. I'll just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. It's just a declaration, and then we are going to respond. Is that okay with you, everybody? So in the transition to the next 14 years, listen. You have to recognize something as finished. Secondly, you have to receive something that's new. And thirdly, you have to release something that's past. You have to recognize something has finished. That's why the religious leaders couldn't accept Jesus. They didn't recognize something had finished. That's why many of the Jews at that time couldn't embrace the new covenant salvation because they still wanted the old. 
It is finished. In fact, in the, in the Greek, in the Aramaic, it's one word. Jesus didn't say, it is finished. He just cried, finished. My God. The Greek word is telelestai. It means to end, to bring to completion, to bring closure, to fulfill. Here's the word, the rhema word for you. Jesus has pronounced telelestai over some area of your life and you need to recognize it. Something has finished. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Man, I, I, you know, I got three hours here. But like for instance, to the Jews, he was saying, the sacrificial system is finished. All that animal sacrifice just covered sin. It's finished. I am the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's why the book of Hebrews was written. The clue is to who it was written, the Hebrews. It wasn't written to Gentile Christians. It was written to Hebrew Christians. They wanted Jesus, but they wanted to keep Moses. They wanted Jesus, but they were flirting with Moses. They said, well, it's okay, but we still want the animal sacrifices, Jesus. So, so the writer to the Hebrew says, if you go back to that, then there's no sacrifice for sin. You're done for. You have to realize something. The imperfect sacrificial system has finished. The old covenant is finished. So the point I'm making is this. You've got to, some of you, I don't know, I, this is prophetic really. You, some of you need to, this morning, this morning. And some of you already know, the Holy Ghost is on you right now. And he's saying it's time to recognize that I've said finished over an area of your life. And you know what that is. In other words, put it like this. It's time to leave the cemetery. The women turned up at the, at, the, at the tomb of Jesus. Watch. They had anointing oils. They weren't turning up to meet a resurrected Christ. They were there to anoint a dead one. So they turn up at the grave with the anointing oil, mourning, mourning. Oh, it could have been great. It's wonderful. It's, and then the angels turn up. Angels are very insensitive, folks. They've got no emotion. They don't care about your feelings. They really don't give a rip about it. So picture how insensitive this is. I mean, they were crying. They were weeping, that oil. And the angel says, hey, You frightened the pants of me then, I thought. <laughs> so he says, uh, they says, watch. Why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? And here's the word that, here's the word for many of you here. Some of you need to recognize something in your life has finished. It's time to leave the cemetery. Watch. It's time, it's time to stop laying flowers on the grave of dead dreams. 
It's time to stop visiting the cemetery and laying flowers on dead relationships. They have gone. Come on, somebody say amen. It's time. And it's time. It's time to stop laying flowers on dead seasons. You know, for 26 years, I pastored the same church in Wales. So I'm talking from experience here. I know the ebb and flow of local church, seasonal changes. But when I was 65, I was 74 now, just a couple of years ago, uh, the Lord said, Ray, it's time now. The, full, the 14 has come for you. He says, I've got a new season for you. Now, folks, listen, it's hard to change when you're 25. Wait till you're 65. <laughs> it gets harder. He says, Lord, Ray, it's time to hand over. The, your, your, the, the 14 has come. The promise has been fulfilled in its perfect time. It's time for you to step into the new season. I'm telling you, it's, I said, Lord, I, I, but I, I know I'm get used to this now. I said, Lord, I don't want to fill it. I don't want to be, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit in a flipping rocking chair. I'm still 30 years of age in my heart and in my spirit. In fact, Lord, it's your fault. I'm getting younger, not older. What's the deal here? I don't want to retire. He said, no, you're not going to retire. You're going to refire. That's what you're going to do. I'm not, re- I'm not, re- he says, I'm not retiring you. I'm refiring you. <clears throat> he said, Ray, I said, Lord, I don't want just to be an itinerant preacher filling a diary. I need a mandate. And he said, here's your mandate. He says, I'm going to anoint you as an abolitionist. An abolitionist is someone who delivers somebody else from slavery. And he said, the biggest form of slavery on planet earth today is in my church. By people are worshiping me in chains. That's why I've been marinating your heart in the grace of God for the last 15 years. Because the only way that my people are going to be set free to worship me in the way I want to in these last days is having a revelation of the new covenant of the grace of God. And I want to tell you, you part of a church. Do you know, do you know how special this man is here and, and his wife? Yeah, you do. You do. People talk about Mark's gift all over the world. It's a gift. I've never seen a gift like this. In this particular thing. And God's brought him and joy here. For such a time as this. And you talk about an abolitionist. Having a revelation of the new covenant. And so I stepped into that. Into this new season nine years ago. And I want to tell you. I'm like a kid with a bag of sweets. I'm like a kid with a bag of candy. You've got to recognize something as finished. You've got to receive something as, that's new. And I'll just close with this and we'll see what God does here. Let me, let me, I've got to be specific here. 
And you have to. You have to. Release the past. So Mary turns up in the garden looking for Jesus. Three years of a relationship with the Messiah. It was beautiful. She sat and listened to his sermon. She, she watched him heal the sick. She sat down by the fire and shared a meal with him. And now he'd gone. So she came back, heard the news, came to the cemetery and, 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 and he was nowhere to be found. The tomb was empty. And then she saw the gardener and she says, where have you taken him? Now watch this. This is a perfect picture of nostalgic Christians longing for how it used to be. And in her grief and in her nostalgia, watch, she missed the miracle standing in front of her. And sometimes that happens. And then watch, and then she thought he was the gardener. And then he goes, Mary. You see, watch. He came to her in a form she didn't recognize. But one thing remained the same. His voice. His voice. Now watch. This is why people, this is why people can't embrace the change. Because sometimes Jesus will come in forms that you don't recognize, in ways you don't recognize. But one thing will remain the same, his voice. So the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is on the water and they think he's a ghost. Ah! He's a ghost. Until he spoke. Come, Peter. You see, listen. All you need to do is to recognize his voice. Because in the next season, he's going to come in ways that you've never experienced before. But one thing will remain the same, and that's his voice. Now watch. For nostalgic Christians, for people who find it hard to leave the past, watch. So here's, and when she recognized who Jesus was, she, this is in her mind. It's going to be like it used to be. We're going to sit down by the fire and we're going, we're going to do all those things again. And she went towards him and Jesus says, don't touch me. Don't, don't cling to me, Mary. It's going to be different now. It's, it's all changed, Mary. There's a transition taking place. You need to get this, Mary. I, I've got to go to my father to sort some stuff out. And, and, and then my relationship with you is going to be better than it ever was before. And I declare to you in the name of Jesus, Hillsong Berlin, your relationship with Jesus is going to be far better than you've ever experienced in your life. Somebody give praise to Jesus here. Everybody shout 14. 14. 14. 14. I'll read it again. 14. I'll read it again. A declaration that reinforces his promise that something has been completed in its perfect time. He is 
what he purposed you and promised you. And the new season has arrived. All my life, you have been faithful.